Pastor Amy gave me a little funny look when I was coming up here because usually if you're here at 830, uh, Pastor Paul starts the sermon and Pastor Bob finishes. We're reversing that today, but we're both going to share the sermon time. And I have to tell you guys that are sitting up here, okay, eyes up here, I'm a little sad today. Are anybody else sad? Like, I'm sad because this is it. Like This is the last time our confirmation class is going to be together, and you're my favorite confirmation class ever. So you think I say that to everybody. But let me, let me tell you why you're my favorite ever. Because I can't remember a single other confirmation class that ever beat me every single time and stumped the pastor. Did I ever win? I don't think I ever won. Like, I usually win once or twice, especially at the beginning of the year, and you guys beat me every single time. But you've been amazing, and you've been a lot of fun, and you've been great to work with, and I'm really blessed to be your pastor and share this special day with you. So I don't know if you realize what today is on the church calendar, but today is actually Invisible Day. Did you know that? Today's Invisible Day. Did you guys know that? Today's. I, I didn't know how to, like, illustrate this better, but really, truly, today is Invisible Day at the church. So today is a day to think about and celebrate what you can't see. So I want you to just take a moment and think about with me about the parts of life that are very real, but you can't see them. So for example, gravity is one of the most influential things in your life. It's why you're able to sit there right now, but you can't see it. Emotions are invisible but you can't see them. Dark matter, they tell us, is like 95% dark matter and dark energy, 95% of the universe, but you can't see it, and what you see is only 5% of everything, including the stars and all that you see. So think about how clouds and rain happen and what, you know, what happens up there to make a deluge come. Like You can't see that, but it's very real. So things that you can't see are very powerful. There's actually an illustration right here in the sanctuary today because you notice anything different if you're used to sitting in the sanctuary? Until this past week there were a bunch of big organ pipes right here and there were about six or eight of them on both sides uh, like some of them were really tall, 16 feet tall, I'm six feet tall so I think about 10 feet taller than I am and they went away this week because we're, re, we're um, re, renewing our organ, we're expanding it and uh, we're reorganizing is the way I so thank you very much. So, uh, we, uh, but the reorganization will take about five months, and so things have disappeared. But my point is that you only see about uh, 10 or 12 pipes here when the organ is there, but there were 2,500 pipes back in there that were invisible that actually make the organ sound. And this week in the sanctuary, we saw a lot of them laid out. Of, every pew in the sanctuary had organ pipes as they disassembled them and prepared them to move away. And I don't even think I realized how many organ pipes are back there that you don't see. So my point is that there's a lot in the world that you don't see that really influences a lot of things in your world. So you guys are being confirmed today. Uh, so eyes back up here. I know he just distracted you, but eyes back up here. So you guys are being confirmed today, and this is a big deal, and there's a lot that went into this that you don't know about. And I'm typically the one who's most often in front of you in, in confirmation class and, uh, and even today. But I'm going to tell you, Pastor Amy did so many things behind the scenes to make confirmation happen. And the most recent one is that Mr. Condilis there a few weeks ago took a video of you with your life verses. And Pastor Bob was supposed to find somebody to edit the video and put it all together for today. And on Friday afternoon, Pastor Amy said, did you get somebody to edit the video? And I go, oh, no. 
So Pastor Amy's been doing that, I think spending night and day for the last uh, 36 hours putting that. But for that and everything else that she's done, could you just give Pastor Amy a big hand for all that she does? But my point is that so much happens that's invisible. You just see things that are in front of you, but the things that really make life tick are things that are invisible to us. And today, we celebrate those things that are invisible. And the reason we do that, the reason you come to church, you ever think about why we want you to come to church all the time? It's because through the week, you see, I've seen numbers this week ranging from 3,000 to 10,000 advertisements every single day. The typical American sees thousands of ads every day. And those ads, somebody's trying to convince you that buying something or doing something or having something or seeing something is going to make your life more meaningful. And we bring you to church. We want you to come to church every week so that we can tell you the things that you don't see are the things that actually make life significant for you. Some of you in my confirmation class were classmates with a young man who passed away at Clyde Campbell this past year in your grade. And uh, one of the, quest- the key questions we ask you to learn in confirmation is what's your only comfort in life and in death? And let me tell you, when it comes to the real issues of life and how long life lasts and what you have and don't have and the pains that you have and the losses that you have, it's not the stuff that you have. It's nothing in those thousands of ads that you see every day that is going to be your comfort in life and in death. It's the things that are invisible. And so today, we are here to remember what is invisible and why that makes life important. Now, it's not actually Invisible Day. It's called Pentecost Sunday. But Pentecost Sunday, and the reason we have confirmation on Pentecost Sunday is because we're remembering the one aspect of God that is most invisible to us. And so on Pentecost Sunday, we realize what a difference it makes that we have the Holy Spirit. And most of the time, most of the work of the Holy Spirit is totally invisible to us. But on one day, 2,000 years ago, the Holy Spirit made himself very, very visible and started this thing that we call the church. And so once a year, we think about the thing, we think about the part of our faith that is most invisible to us, the least tangible, the thing that we can't see and touch and feel, and the thing isn't actually a thing, the thing is a person. He's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that actually gives our life meaning and sustains us, and we want you to come to church week after week so we can remind you of the Holy Spirit's work, ongoing work in your life. So that takes us to our scripture passage today, and let me just uh, begin here, and then Pastor Paul is going to pick up, uh, because this passage of scripture begins with a statement that sounds a little bit odd. The Apostle Paul says, now about spiritual gifts. I actually think a better translation is now about spiritual things. Apparently, somebody had written to the Apostle Paul and said, tell us about spiritual things. We got people in our church that, you know, speak in all kinds of different languages, and they do miracles, and they're always up front, and they think they're the most important, they think they're the most spiritual. How do we really know who the spiritual people are? How do we know what spiritual things are? And so the Apostle Paul says, let me tell you about spiritual things. And it makes really three sort of brief points as we begin, and I'm going to do the first two and let Pastor Paul pick up with the third one. But the first point that he makes is, you want to know about spiritual things? The most spiritual thing you can ever do or say is that Jesus is Lord. 
So that's what we're getting ready to ask you to do today. You, as you grow up, you're going to hear lots of different ideas about what it means to be spiritual. And people use the word spiritual to talk about a lot of different kinds of experiences and even connected to other faiths, other religions, or other ways of worshiping and, and honoring whatever God they believe in. But the Apostle Paul says, if you, when you say that Jesus doesn't matter, his way of saying it is even blunter, like Jesus be cursed. When you say Jesus doesn't matter, nobody can say that if they have the Holy Spirit. And when you say Jesus is Lord, which is what we're going to ask you to do together, what we've asked you to do in writing your personal essays, what we've asked you to do in expressing your life verse, when you say Jesus is Lord, when you say that, that's because of the Holy Spirit. So that's the invisible uh, force behind what you say when you confess Jesus is Lord. The Holy Spirit did something in your life. And everything in life that has to do with faith that really brings you meaning comes from who the Holy Spirit teaches you to say Jesus is. So think about this. There's a guy that wrote a book called The Forgotten God about the Holy Spirit. And I love the book, but I don't love the title. Because the title sounds like the Holy Spirit is the member of the Trinity that that everybody forgets about. Poor Holy Spirit. Nobody talks about the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit is most delighted when you talk about Jesus. The Holy Spirit's role is to get you thinking about Jesus. And if you never think about the Holy Spirit, but you live your life around Jesus being the Lord of your life, being the boss of your life, the Holy Spirit is absolutely thrilled. He loves that. He loves when Jesus is the Lord of your life. So he's the Lord of everything, and he's the Lord of you. That's the first point that Paul makes on this Invisible Sunday. And the second point that he makes is he really talks about the Trinity. And the Trinity is is something that people spend, I think, too much time trying to understand and figure out. So eyes up here once more here. So we talk about the Trinity, and it's kind of hard to uh, get our hands around what the Trinity is, and people have all kinds of ways of explaining the Trinity. Let me give you Pastor Bob's way of explaining the Trinity. You have one God, only one God. God is one, but God is also different within himself. And so the Apostle Paul, when he, when he uh, explains this text here, he uses the word same and different several different times. He's talking about the same God who gives different gifts. So in the church, there are lots of people who are different, but we're all in the same body. And then he says, let me illustrate that with God, because he mentions the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, all of these verses, verses 4 to 6. And here's Pastor Bob's way of explaining the Trinity. The Father is the one who makes the whole world that you see. In other words, the Father is who makes everything visible. The Father is the one who created the hands that you hold, the eyes with which you see, the babies that you hug, the music that you hear, the the valleys, the sunsets, the world around you. The Father is the one who made everything that you see. So he's in charge of making a world that is very visible to you. Jesus is the one who made God into one of us. So when we know, when we think about Jesus, we think about someone who came and inhabited a body just like yours and mine. So in, in a way, then, Jesus is also the one who makes God visible to us. He came down and became one of us with real flesh and blood. He was 12 years old, like you are. We know that for sure because we actually have one story in the Bible about Jesus when he was 12 years old. So Jesus goes like, I know what it's like to be you. I know that. And Jesus makes God very visible to us. So The Father is God, 
Jesus is God, the Holy Spirit is God, there's only one God, but the Holy Spirit is the one who is the most invisible, and because of that, he can be with us anywhere we are, whatever we do. So when you wonder, like, is God really with me? You might look around and see nature and say the Father created all of that. You might think about Jesus and that he died for you and rose again, and you'll always know that God loves you. But when you're wondering, how can God be with me if he's in heaven? How can Jesus be with me if he has a human body? You think about the Holy Spirit and realize that the Holy Spirit is the one through whom God can be with you everywhere all the time. So then the Apostle Paul says, but there is one way in which you can see the Holy Spirit actually in the church, in the body of Christ. And Pastor Paul is going to come and talk about that aspect of our scripture today. These are my people over there. I'm going to tell you one thing. When it comes to spiritual gifts... We're tasked with two things, and I'm going to tell you one of them, and I'll tell the other one at Contemporary Service. But the first thing we're tasked with is we're tasked with discerning what our gift is and using it for the church. Discerning what our gift is and using it for the church. So when we look at verse 11 in the text, verse 11 says this, It is the one and only Holy Spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gifts each person has. And so when we go to verse 7, then we go to verse 7, and verse 7 kind of puts that in, in perspective. It makes us realize this. He says in verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us as a means of helping the entire church. Now, you know what? I don't think we either don't believe that or we've never really taught about that very well or we, we haven't done a good job with that. Because I think for the most part, when we think about spiritual gifts, we look around us and we go, well, I know that so-and-so has a spiritual gift. Was I like hiding behind the door somewhere or did someone like kick me out of the way and take my spiritual gift? Because I just don't have a spiritual gift compared to them. And we've got to remember two things. One, the scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit have given each of us the gift, each of us a gift. And then in verse 11, that the Holy Spirit has given us gifts so that we can use them for the church. He's decided who we can do them for the gift of the church. Excuse me, that's in 7 and verse, verse 11 is the one that the Holy Spirit has decided. Now, they've given us gifts for the purpose of using them in the church. So let me tell you kind of how that worked one for me. Once used to go to a, a small country church over the summers when I worked at a camp in eastern North Carolina. And, and I was there working at this camp. And sometimes in that church on Sunday morning, they'd have a different speaker come or maybe just some itinerant evangelist or whatever would come. And so there would, there would be a group of us. And we looked different because we were just college students and we're sitting there amongst these other folks that are from the community. And so they're always kind of so glad to see us and just glad you guys are here or whatever. And so we're sitting there and we kind of stick out. And before the choir singing... And there's a fella sitting with us, and his name was Alex. And the fella starts, the, the choir's done singing, and the, the deacon gets up to begin to introduce the speaker that was coming up. And Alex just immediately does like this, and he puts his hand across to, there's two guys, I was one of them sitting next to him, and he puts his hand across us, and he touches us, and then he starts going, and he says, I feel terrible. And then all of a sudden he goes, this message is not going to be from Jesus. This message is not going to be from the Lord. And we kind of just kind of sat back and went, What's, what's getting ready to happen? You know, I didn't know if we were going to start handling snakes out and we're going to, here comes the copperhead and what do I do with it? Do I hand it to my neighbor? Or do I put it under my, you know, I don't know. But 
It, but it was true. All of a sudden, this guy came and kind of started talking, and it, and it was just all about this. God just wants you to be wealthy, and if you want that car, you just pray, and you point to it, and God will give it to you. And it's just what we call the prosperity gospel, which is not the gospel. And immediately, we were just kind of like, oh, my gosh, this, this is not from the Lord. This is not from God. And then all of a sudden, we turned to Alex and went, and you knew. And then I went home and went, and I didn't. And then I went, and what's wrong with me, and why don't I have that gift? And, what, and, and, and all of a sudden, I began to go, God, it really doesn't matter what gift you have given me. I wanted that gift, and I don't have it. That's an important gift, and I don't have that gift. And so I kind of spent the rest of the day just kind of doing it like this. And I was pouting, pouting about what gift I didn't have because I was doing exactly what I told you not to. I was evaluating what gifts I didn't have. And then I was pointing back to the Holy Spirit and going, why didn't you give me this gift? But if I instead I go back and I go, the Holy Spirit in verse 7 has given us gifts so that we can use them for the entire church. And then we go to verse 11 and we go, and it's the Holy Spirit who has given us these gifts. The Holy Spirit. And so part of it is we got to dispatch with this idea that some people are special in God's kingdom and some people are not special in God's kingdom. Because if you look at the pronouns that are used in verses 8 through 10, Notice the pronouns that are used in verse 8 through 10. I'm going to read them to you quickly. Notice he says, to one person, to one, he gives the spirit to ability. The spirit also gives special ability, verse 9, to another. And to someone, in verse 10, to one and to another. To someone and to another one. To another person, to another. To one And you notice he doesn't say to that really special person over there and to that bump on a log, he doesn't. But to this wonderful person, but to that just waste of existence over there, no. What does he use? The pronouns he uses are just to that person, to that person, to that person, to that person. And you know what he might as well have said? In each vessel, God pours out something that he has got for you, which is his gift. And there's no one in the kingdom that is more special than anyone else because each one of us are filled with the same Holy Spirit. And that's what the text just tells us. There's a wonderful quote from Billy Graham where Billy Graham says this, I will not be going to heaven because I preach to great crowds. I will be in heaven because just like the thief on the cross, I called out to Jesus, remember me. Wow. It's not because Billy Graham preached to great crowds or God all of a sudden was like, Paul is stupid, but Billy Graham, we're going to give him... No. Billy Graham just used the gift. He used the gift. And so how do you discern the gift the Holy Spirit's given you? Number one, you pray. You pray about it. Lord, what, what gift have you given me? What gift have you given me? Not for me, but for the church. Two, you talk with people that are older that can help you discern. Because what did we just learn in this text? God gives some people the gift of discernment. Well, guess what you can talk to them about? Discerning. And the third is you go to his word and you go, Holy Spirit, in your word, show me what it is. And then you don't sit there and you go, well, I got this gift, that's great. What do you do? You get out and use it. Pop quiz, how many of you have ever gotten a bicycle as a present? Now, you just, you just used it to prop up in the door in your bedroom, right? No, what'd you do? You got out, I hope you jumped the creek in your backyard. That would make my heart very happy. No, you got out and you used it. And each one of your bikes was different. Some of you got a BMX, some of you got a 10-speed. You probably still jumped the 10-speed. Good job. Some of you got a road bike, some of you got a mountain bike. What? Didn't matter. You used it. You didn't evaluate it against other people and go, well, God, I didn't get that gift, so I guess my gift's just dumb. You go, God, you're the one that gave it to me. Because, by the way, who is the one that gives the gifts to us? The Holy Spirit. And who is the Holy Spirit? God himself. And so there's, there's one last thing that I would say. 
There's a part in the Lord of the Rings where in, in, the, in the book, The Fellowship of the Ring, there's this really cool elf queen. Her name is Galadriel. And at the very end of that book, she is giving out gifts to each one of the people that's in the fellowship, the fellowship of the ring. And she comes along, and, and to Gimli, she gives part of her hair. Why he would ask for that, I don't know, the least, most useless thing ever. Uh, he, he gives, you know, he gives these, when, when he gets to Merry and Pippin, who are these other two hobbits, just pull out these just bad mamma jamma looking little dagger swords and gives it to them. And they're just like, yes, I'm take this in something. And then they get to Sam, and Sam's, she says, now Sam, what should I give you? And then she's like, elven rope. And he's like, okay. And then she goes, and now I will give you the light of Erandil, our most precious star. May it be a light to you when all other lights go out. And what does he say to her? I don't suppose you have another one of those cool daggers, do you? I, we would have said the same thing. We would have been like, these two dudes got these bad, like, I'm going to just take this orc. And, and then you give me this, like, flashlight in a bottle? And then we know from later on that it absolutely was the thing that he absolutely most needed in the darkest place. We don't find out until the very last book. And we've got to give God credit, but then when God gives us gifts, he doesn't give, us for, give, them, give them to us for us to go, oh, look at me. But he gives each of us gifts so that we can go to our church and work. And so if you think about this, there's two sets of people that are not using their gifts correctly in the church. One, there's the person that says, I don't have a gift that's worth anything compared to them, so I'm just not going to use it. And in the parable of the talents, Jesus talks about that person. That's the person that just takes their gift and just takes it and buries it. And they don't use it. Then there's the other person that knows that they have gifts and they go, I'm not sure my church is worthy of this gift. Because I'm pretty awesome, and my church is not as awesome as me. In either way, what happens? The gift doesn't get used, the church doesn't get blessed, and Jesus doesn't get glorified. And we come right back there to verse 3. No one, speaking of the Holy Spirit, can curse Jesus, and no one is able to say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Because where the Holy Spirit is, Jesus is glorified. So each one of you has a gift. An amazing gift, an awesome gift, because it wasn't given to you, you know, by like the heavenly Walmart. It was given to you from the Holy Spirit. So pray, discern, ask, read, find out what your gift and gifts are, and then don't use them to prop open your door. Use it for Jesus so that the church is blessed and that Jesus is glorified. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you so much for these incredible students. Thank you for their lives. Thank you for the way that you're moving and working in them. Thank you for the seeds that you planted in their life, Lord. Thank you for the adults that have come alongside them and are coming and will come alongside them to lift them up, to speak to them your truth, to teach them your word, to make your Bible more accessible to them, Lord God, to make the truth of your gospel be more of a part of their lives, Lord, and may then focus their lives on it rather than just something they do on Sundays and Wednesdays. Lord, give them conviction to continue to walk with you, to continue to strive with you. And Lord, we bless them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, asking that they would grow deep and their roots would go down deeply into you and they would continue to be transformed and regenerated every day into the image of your Son, Father, empowered by your Holy Spirit. And it's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.